Greetings, Bakotopians. You know, it just keeps getting better and better. I am Matt, and this is the Bakotunes Podcast, episode 42, brought to you by Bakotopia.com. You know, so I come into my office the other day, and I get this message. Hey, Matt, do you want to interview Dashboard Confessional for your Bakotunes Podcast this week? Of course I did. So what you are about to hear is yet another exclusive interview with Chris Caravo of the brilliant Dashboard Confessional. Is it a band, or is it a solo project? What a nice guy, that Chris Caravo. You're going to hear some really cool stuff about not only his music, you're also going to hear me ask the burning question, what is emo? That's right and you're going to get his answer right here on the Bakel Tunes podcast. I'm even going to play a song off the latest Dashboard CD, Dusk and Summer, for all my beloved listeners. And you're also going to find out about the Bakersfield Dashboard Confessional Connection. What is it? Well, let's find out then. This is the Bakel Tunes podcast, episode 42. Waiting for Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional. Hey, Matt. Hi, Chris. How you doing? So you're in Bakersfield, huh? I'm in Bakersfield. That's right. where all the legendary guitarists go to retire. <laughs> yes, they do. How's everything going? Everything's great. The... We have uh, one of your locals with us, you know. We have a, uh, my guitar tech is a guy named Jimmy Emerson, and he's uh, one oh, of Bakersfield's finest. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Kind that's old, good info. Kind of very blues guitar players played with everybody. Thanks for that information. I'm going to have to do some research now. So the, the tour's going great. How long have you been on tour so far for this? Uh... We have been on tour starting Friday. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we've, been, we're just, we've, been, we've been buried in rehearsals. But uh, we actually didn't stop touring from our last tour, so I guess it's a fair question. It's been going great. We did the summer tour into overseas between UK and Australia and then back into finishing up the summer tour here. Well, actually, it wasn't the summer tour. A couple college shows. Then we did a few days of rehearsal. Now we're starting the new leg of the tour. So right. that leg that will that you'll see us on starts on Friday. Oh wow! So how do you fit in the recording schedule? I mean, well, this is how. Uh, like this morning, I listened to this track that I had previously thought wasn't that good and realized, oh, this is really fun. I really want to record this, so I'm going to go today and just we're going to go after we practice for a few after we practice for about six hours. We're going to go start tracking and track tomorrow too, and then we'll have one song down. As you're going on tour and you decide I'm going to track, you just call, try to find a studio in the next city and. Well, we just happen to be in Los Angeles where we've worked where we worked with somebody. That's why I'm jumping on the moment. Oh, okay. Um, usually, what we do is I record this, the, the the music in um, in his little modular studio that we that we built, and so basically we can capture the ideas. But you know, to be honest with you, the, the sonic quality is 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 good. If I was uh, not in a big band, I guess. Yeah. yeah. If I was doing it. At home i'd be so proud if i mean you know i wasn't releasing the records i'd be like showing my friends like i did this but i'm too embarrassed i'm too embarrassed considering everybody's gonna hear it you know now now i'm looking at the cd right here there's four people in the band who is missing from the interview from the interview uh john leffler plays guitar Mm -hmm. Uh, mike marsh plays drums and scott shanebeck he plays bass we also have like we jokingly call them the b team but they're uh we also have a a couple more guitarists, another cat who plays auxiliary stuff, and a, and a uh-huh. woman who plays violin and piano and sings. Um, so there's a whole team of us, and sometimes everybody's activated at once. Sometimes we clear the bench, as we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it ends up, can be up to eight, and sometimes even like 12 people, which is almost a calamity, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but, uh, but we on this tour, it'll be the six of us. So mm-hmm. when we're there, you'll also see a, 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 my friend Susan Schroes and uh, and our, our buddy Henry Olmino. Okay, the, look, the first time, I'm going to go back a little bit. The first time I saw you perform, ever. I discovered Dashboard Confession was on a MTV2, like a show, it was like a, in a small theater. It was like a real intimate show. And I was just immediately amazed at how loudly the audience sang along with you every single song. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, Dashboard Confession was just up there with his guitar and just everybody's just like yelling, kind of almost drowning him out. How does it make you feel these fans just know your words so well that they know when you're going to flinch, you know? 
it is really daunting and amazing and invigorating and I'll never get used to it I guess mm -hmm. and um, you know I see it happen more with other bands now than it used to um, because I think people started doing it with us and realized they like to sing yeah. and so they do it when they go see other people too which I like a lot you know um, you know, I hear other people, my peers and stuff, that, that are arguably much bigger than us in terms of radio radio success, and they, they hate singing their songs. They're so tired of them. But uh, every night it's a different group of people singing mine back at me, really singing it, not just like a regular old-school crowd, like this weird, fun, well, phenomenon, if you'll ex excuse the word. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, because like I said, when I saw you perform and everybody was just so into it, I was like, you know, I mean, there's fans... And then there's dashboard confessional fans, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's, a, it's borderline cultish without any of the negative connotation of that, yeah. that term. Listen, you know, if you, if you see us play in Bakersfield or anywhere for that mm -hmm. matter, if you watch my face, you'll see that I'm taken aback by it uh, countless times during the show. And uh, it's just that it, it, it never ceases to amaze me because it's always different. It's a, it's, they sing it at unexpected times here or there or, or with vigor in places that they didn't the night before, you know, and it's just, it's really confounding and I love it. To be able to feel that energy from the audience, of course. Now, what is the story behind the name Dashboard Confession? Well, I was in a band at the time I made Dashboard and um, I had to, I had it on on my mind to start writing these these acoustic songs. And uh, But, you know, I came from a community that was uh, was just a bunch of shared players. We Everybody played on everybody else's record and I didn't want this new project to be ex excluded from that and I thought if I called it Chris Caraba my, after I'd made a record by myself I wouldn't want my friends to not play with me mm -hmm. because it was my name which is kind of exclusive you know and um, and also when I was doing this in my backyard parties at my friends' houses, they they started singing along after a couple parties, and I realized you know maybe it's theirs too. So I started so I'd written a song which appears on the first record, and it's called the Sharp Hint of of New Tears. And uh, and in it it says on the way home this car here's my confessions. And I wrote down Dashboard Confessional on the corner of the paper, thinking and I said to myself if I start another band I'm going to call it that. But who's got the time? The time I was in three bands, and then this solo project. Mm -hmm. So I just, at some point I realized, you know, th this is the name of the band. And it, and it allows other people to feel included. And then, you know, I had every intention of making it a band. And I have every intention of making it a solo project again, you know, from time to time. Mm -hmm. So it gives me the freedom to do that. And it gives my players the freedom to feel, you know, uh, my bandmates, the freedom to feel truly vested in it, you know, yeah. with their whole hearts, as opposed to feeling like sidemen. Yeah. which they're not. Yeah, That's a great story. You know, every t every time I interview bands, I always ask them about the names, and it's been a rarity that I get a really good story behind the meaning of the name, so I really appreciate it. Really? Such a great story behind the name. <laughs> that's a great story, man. It's like, because you're right, it, it's, it feels very inclusive to fans. I'm, I'm sure it's like, you know, it, it's a confessional. It comes from them. It's something very personal, so... Yeah, you know, surprisingly fortuitous because you know who knew it was really going to turn into what it did. But, mm -hmm. um, but you know, maybe that's the little pieces of faith that stepped in, you know, or, or what have you, mm -hmm. or for good fortune, I guess, that I that I had made that decision early on, and then it did happen to, that people embraced it the way they did, so uh -huh. that it, they could feel like they weren't just uh, doting on uh, on me as a person, mm -hmm. but on these songs as an entity of their own. Now, let me ask you the eternal question: What is emo? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, but what I gather, it's a term that sort of journalists lift around the ear of my f records becoming popular, sort of lifted from a, a, a music uh, a musical genre that sort of predated us by about five years, and um, and sort of applied to me and kind of everybody else that looked like me but didn't sound like me, and so we and none of us sounded like each other. So and now it seems to apply to every 
band. It's, a, it's, it's become an actual official genre in, you know, the pop music world, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. What do you think of the name? Like, people say, oh, he's emo. Yeah, I, I think that it's, uh, well, I mean, it depends on if they're saying it in a derisive fashion or just as a matter of fact fashion, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's been co-opted as a derisive thing, which yeah. who cares? Um, I don't think the name's applicable to me because I think anybody makes uh, I don't think we're overtly effusive, although maybe a couple of my songs have been. But I bet you a couple of everybody's songs, if right songs are. Um, and we all have our moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is emotional. Yeah. Um, oh, no, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't, but, you can't I, talk about your music without saying it's emotional, so I guess, you know. Well, I'm pleased with that because some of the bands I love the most, like The Cure, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to use that without saying emotional. So um, I'm yeah. not really sure. It's funny, though. People only ask me now almost academically as if you're as you're asking me, uh, <laughs> you know, as if I've sort of stepped just slightly beyond it. I'm not sure I have or, or will, but uh, that's, it seems to be different. Like maybe we're I don't really know, to be honest with you. <laughs> they, they look like, at the you man, as kind the of, kind of I, I never. I neither shrugged nor embraced. It's just I figured they're going to call me what they're going to call me for a while, and then they'll call me something else, and they'll call me something else after that, and hopefully <laughs> it won't be mean when they say it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I picked up your latest CD, Dusk and Summer, great CD, and I was reading some reviews of it, and, and, you know, it's been really very positive reviews, and saying, for example, saying this is kind of a return to form for Dashboard Confessional. Do you agree that this is kind of, this, this latest CD is kind of return to form from, like, your original sound? Do you think you've it changed is. that much? Um, well, you know, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure how it's a return to form for Dashboard, but for me as a writer, it is. Uh, it, it, it harkens back to some bands I was in, like Further Seems Forever, before Dashboard. Um, and it does seem to me like my first couple records, although clearly the tone of my first couple records were just simply acoustic records. But my last record was... It was a bit... Well, obtuse isn't quite the right word. It was a bit piecemeal. And this is more cohesive as my first few records were. And um, and the the last record was sort of the sound of a band learning how to be a band together. And this one is a sound of a band that knows how to be a band together, is comfortable with that, and is now just getting into the business of writing songs. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was at first. So yeah. in that regard, I think it is. Um, well, that all being said, I sort of miss writing acoustic music now, and I, I feel like that's where my um, focus is starting to shift to again, at least really? for the moment. You feel you feel like you might just go back to that, like maybe within the next couple of years. You know, you just. I gonna... think within the next couple of months. Wow. <laughs> I've written yeah. a lot lately, and it just feels it feels um, necessary. You know, I'm a slave to it. I'm not. I don't say, well, I'd like to do this. I'm told by by a desire inside, and I have to listen to it. Or the other songs I write, they just they aren't very good. Like, well, it would be wise, right, to make another record like this one. I mean, there's, it might be. I might get myself in trouble with the with the powers that be and the general public if I try to make an acoustic record. But I have to. It's just the way it is. I have to. Chris, okay, you're going to be appearing at the Rabble Bank Convention Center here in Bakersfield on October 18th, 8 p.m. Uh, what can can fans expect anything special at this particular show? Well, yes, absolutely. Um, I think we've created an incredibly expansive set that is inclusive of all of our records and APs. It's a beautiful show. It's an energetic show. But when they see the staging and, and the... We've taken a great amount of care to, to make something that is uh, as big as we feel with all the sensibilities that we adhere to. So I think it's very unique. The show looks unique. It feels unique. And, and we're delivering our 
everything that's in our hearts to every detail, including the music, including the performance, and including the interaction. So, would you like to send a, a special message to your Bakersfield fans? I'd say, uh, I'd say this is our first time there, so we can't wait to meet you. Well, thank you so much, Chris, and uh, can't wait to see you here in Bakersfield for the first time. And uh, hopefully, we'll get to meet and you can sign some autographs for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Come on over. Great. You have a safe trip, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Word. Let's play a song by Dashboard Confessional. This is Reason to Believe off of their latest CD, Dusk and Summer.
That was Reason to Believe by Dashboard Confessional. So go buy the CD, Dusk and Summer. It's been getting great reviews, and I can certainly vouch for them all. Thank you for Chris Crabble for hanging with the Bagel Tunes podcast. And, of course, thanks to all my beloved listeners and supporters. Now go away, or I shall taunt you a second time. Bagel Tunes Radio.